Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Come on, I speak unity where there's division in the name of Jesus today. Have your way in this house, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The book of Hebrews this morning. Praise the Lord. If you were not able to be a part of the Bible study, um, if you missed Thursday night and you are a part of the Bible study, um, you can see Sister Teresa about the, uh, the CD of the lesson that we had on Thursday night. It was very powerful. Uh, we had a great time. Didn't we have a good time um, in the Lord, studying the word of the Lord? And uh, the Lord showed up, met us here, and uh, helped us. And that is our confidence this morning, that the Lord is going to have his way. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3. And uh, we're going to read a couple of verses in chapter 3. And then we're going to go into chapter 4 and read uh, a couple of verses. Praise the Lord. Chapter 3. Let's read verses, start at verse 7. Crying and snotting all over the place up here. Somebody give me a bath towel. (laughs) Amen. Wherefore... As the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, somebody say, hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, And saw my works 40 years. Amen. Elbow your neighbor and say, harden not your heart. The Lord's going to speak. But are we ready to receive it? Are we going to receive it with an open heart? Or are we going to harden our heart and not let it penetrate? Come on, because we're capable of doing that. Amen. If we were not capable of doing that, he would not have put this scripture, this passage in here. Harden not your heart. Don't reject the word of the Lord today. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, 
They shall not enter into my rest. Take, when we refuse God's word, we refuse everything that comes with it. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you. Pay attention. Be aware. Take heed, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Amen. Now let's skip down to 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? He asked a question. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, to whom he sware he that, that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come up short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, stay with me, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I want you to note that, that, that sentence right there. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Verse 11, let us therefore labor, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Amen. Uh, you may not understand where we're going to go today by reading all that uh, passage of Scripture, but you will by the end. Amen. I promise you, I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject, labor for rest. Amen. Elbow your neighbor, tell him, labor for rest. It's time to work, work for rest. Come on, somebody. Amen. Why don't you lay your Bible down, lift your hands unto the Lord. Just for a moment, just ask him to speak to you right where you're at, Lord. 
in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would move. I pray that you would operate in this house, Lord, according to all that you have purposed. Thine will be done, Lord, as it's purposed in heaven. So shall it, so shall it be in this place this morning, God. I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that you would minister to every situation, Lord, every life, every heart under the sound of my voice today. I pray that you would take us beyond ourselves today, Lord, and do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power of the Holy Ghost that's working in us today. God, and we'll not forget to give you all the power and all the, all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're living in <clears throat> uh, restless, restless times. Amen. Amen. There's, a, there, there's a restlessness that is present uh, in the world today. Uh, it is a, a spirit of uncertainty. Amen. Uh, what is uncertainty? Uncertainty is a feeling of, of instability, of uh, like an unstable feeling of, of question, right? Uh, anytime there's uncertainty, there's, there's a question mark about how this is going to turn out, right? Which way is this going to go? Uh, uh, what's this? What's going to happen to me? Amen. What is what is going to happen in my life? And any time uh, you turn on the news, come on, you turn on the news, whether it's radio or it's television news, and they're talking about all of the situations and the circumstancing stances going on in the earth. Uh, there's a sense of uncertainty that comes over us. Amen. There, there, there's a, there's a, uncertainty brings fear. Amen. It brings with it fear and it brings anxiety. Amen. Uh, it, it, brings, it brings question. And, and any time that there is question, a lot, most times there's fear or there's anxiety about how something is going to go or about how something is going to turn out. Amen. The world is filled with, with anxiety because it's filled with trouble. Amen. How many know Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. Amen. You're going to have trouble. There's in this world, this world is going to be full of trouble. Amen. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be struggle. There's going to be trouble. Come on. There's going to be circumstances arise that you don't have the answer for. Amen. There's going to be things happen in your life that are bigger than you. But he said, be of good cheer. 
because I have overcome the world. Amen. Regardless of what we're going through today or what's happening in our lives or what's happening in the world that's around us, we got to be certain and sure of one thing that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Come on. He's overcome all the powers that this world has and there's nothing that he's not in control of. Somebody say amen. All power is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. Amen. We have, to, we have to settle in in that revelation today and understand, yeah, there's a lot of trouble happening around me. But just because there's trouble doesn't mean that God's not in control. Come on. Just because there's unrest, just because there's chaos, just because there's things happening in people's lives that we don't understand doesn't mean that God's not in control. We can sit in the midst of trouble and we can have peace in knowing that God is in control. We can be in the middle of a of chaos and we can still have peace and rest in knowing that I'm in the center of God's will and no matter what happens come hell or high water I'm in the palm of his hand and I know he's going to take care of it amen there's a there's a rest of knowing that that you're living for God come on there's a rest in knowing that I'm living my life according to God's word and I'm walking according to his will and I'm trying, laboring every day to make sure that I stay in the will of God because it's in the will of God where I find rest, but it's outside the will of God. Come on, somebody. Peace is not a product of my circumstances. Man, rest is not a product of what's happening around me. We feel like we're resting when we don't have any trouble going on in our lives. Man, we feel like we're resting when, when the, uh, the bills are paid and the kids are acting right and, and, and I'm, uh, the job's good and I'm feeling good in my body. We feel like we're having rest. But that's not rest. Peace is a state of our soul. It doesn't come from outward circumstances. Amen. We, you can have all the money that this world has to offer. Come on. You can live in the nicest house in Guernsey County, drive the best car, have the best job, be lifted up with fame and prestige, and you can be a mess on the inside. Come on. Amen. Because peace doesn't come from this world. It, it can't give us what we want. Peace comes from the state of our soul. Amen. The only way that we're truly going to be at rest is when we're at peace on the inside. And there's only one way that happens. He said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Somebody say amen. Amen. When you're living a life outside of the will of God, we have to understand that there is a, a feeling of, uh, of shame. There's a feeling of, of guilt. There's a, there's a feeling of uncertainty because the choices that I'm making, make, making are not founded. Come on, let, let me slow down. They're not built on anything bigger than us. Amen. If we're making decisions in our life based on what we want, according to our limited intellect, come on, they're uncertain. Amen. And whenever there's uncertainty, 
there's chaos. Come on. Whenever there's uncertainty, uh, uh, there's, there's fear, there's anxiety, and there's unrest in our lives. Amen. He said, uh, he said, if you build your house upon anything other than the word of God, when the, when the rain comes and the storm came, he said, great was the fall of that house because it was built upon the sand. Come on. It was built upon something that was unchangeable, something that could be manipulated, something that would move. But he said, if you build your house upon the word of God, it's as if you're building your house upon a rock. Amen. And when the rain came and the wind blew, the, ha the house stood firm because it was built upon the rock. It was built on something solid, something that was unchangeable. Come on. Something that would not be moved. Amen. How many has ever tried to build a, a, a sandcastle? On the, on the beach. Amen. You remember you get out there with the kids. You got all the, uh, the sandcastle toys, Mike. Get out there with Paige and you, you build a castle and you, you dig a hole around it as the moat. And, a, and the, the tide's out and you're like, man, that's beautiful. But then here comes the water. And you're trying to hold back the tide. Anybody ever try to hold back the tide? Metaphorically? Right? Try to keep bad things from happening because you know that what it's built on is not strong enough to hold it up. Amen. You know the water's coming. You know that it's, it's rushing in and you're doing everything you can to stop it. And if the water gets to the house, the house is gone. Right? If the water, if that tide gets to where that sandcastle's at, it is gone. And, and you come back, you go up for lunch and you come back and your castle's destroyed. And you think about all the work, all the time that you put in, uh, all the effort, all the energy that you put in trying to build that. Amen. Making it beautiful, making it nice. Come on. With all of the detail of the, uh, the, the points of the castle that, that make it beautiful. Amen. But not taking into account what it was built on and understanding that it is limited in its, how long it's going to last. Uh, there's an expiration date built, uh, uh, put on anything uh, that is built by my hands. Come on that is built by my mind that is built out of my dreams and what I want there's an expiration date on it and one of these days it's going to rain and the wind's going to blow and that thing that I built is going to fall down and there's going to be great he said great was the fall of that house because it was built on something that was movable ground that was changeable ground that could be manipulated by the circumstances of this earth but I come to preach this morning that there is something that's more stable than money. There's something more stable than physical health. There's something more stable than my mind. It's the Word of God, and it will stand forever. We serve a God that does not change and will not change. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. In the book of James, he said, he's the father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I want to tell you today that there's not variations of God. There is one God and he stays the same over generation from generation. He does not change. He's unmovable and he's unchangeable.
Come on. He don't change his position. Come on. He don't move from one place to the other. He stays the same. He's stable. He's steadfast. He's sure. He's unmovable. He's forever making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I come to tell you today, God loves you and he hasn't given up on you and he won't give up on you because he's unchanging. Come on, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I heard people say, God gave up on me. No, he didn't. You gave up on yourself. Come on, God don't give up on anybody. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Come on, his, his mercy fails not. He said his mercies, his compassions are renewed every morning. Every day when the sun comes up and peeks over that hill, that's a reminder to me that God hasn't given up on me. I got another day that I can get my heart right. I got another day that I can live. Amen. The darkness of the night begins to disappear and the sun begins to show itself. And there's a sense of warming. There's a sense of stability that you feel when you see the sun come up and you know that it's a fresh day, that I have a fresh moment, that I can attempt to get it right today. You might have failed yesterday. You might have been on drugs last night. But understand today that the grace and the mercy of God, it's new today. And it's in this house this morning. And he's reaching for you to change your world. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. He is faithful. He is faithful. When I'm unfaithful, he's faithful. Come on. When I'm unfaithful and I fail, my God doesn't fail. Come on. How many know that he's there to pick us up? Come on, he's there to dust us off. He's there to speak a word to us, to encourage our hearts, and to give us a reason to reach today. My God is faithful. One nineteen eighty nine, he says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. You know the word of the Lord, it's settled. It's established. Amen. There, he's not taking counsel to see how it can be better. Come on. He, he's not going to take a vote to see if we agree with him or not. Amen. It's settled. When, 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 when you hear the word settled, that means it's over with. The dispute is over. Amen. It is settled. There's no changing it. The word of the Lord is settled. It's steadfast. It's sure. It will not change. I had a guy ask me one time. He's like, with the world being as bad as it is today, and that was 25 years ago. <laughs> as the world being as bad as it is today, why wouldn't God change his word to fit the times? I said, you're missing the point, dude. He's unchangeable. We're changeable. Come on. God does not change. He don't change to fit generations. But he's faithful to all generations. Amen. If you read on in, in chapter 119, he says, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. Think about that. He established the earth, 
and it continues. Come on. He set in motion all of the processes that exist and they continue. Come on. How many know that we don't have the ability to change what he put in place? He put it in place and it continues to be the way that he spoke it from the beginning because he's God. Come on. And he is unchangeable and it will not change and it will not cease to exist until he says time is up. Come on. Until he says, okay, it's the last day. This is it. It's over. And he consumes it with fire. Come on, somebody. The only time it's going to go away is when God says he is faithful. He put the earth in process and it abideth. And then David said it this way. They continue this day according to. Thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Everything that he put in place is controlled by how he spoke it in his word. Amen. His word is, is God. The Bible says in, in John 1, he says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and for him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Amen. In him was light. And his life was, his light was the light of men. Amen. How many know that the, when he put it in place, he put it in place according to his word. In the book of Hebrews, it says in chapter 11, he says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Amen. How many know that the word of God was the blueprint? Come on. For all that was made. Amen. For everything that was put into place, the word of God was the blueprint. Amen. From the foundation of the world, the works were finished. How many know he didn't go out there on a whim and just start speaking stuff? He had a plan. Come on. He had a plan in his mind. It's called the word of God. Come on. It's called the logos, the plan of God, the word of God, the, the, the manifestation of God in the earth. He had a plan and he began to speak the word according to the plan and when he did it became Amen. everything that the world was built on was built by God's word it was framed by the word of God amen the word of God we have to understand understand its essential nature God's word is life. God's word is creation. God's word is, is, what, is what brought everything into being. God's word is why I'm here today. Come on. God's word is why I have life. God's word is why we're able to be in church today. Come on. God's word is why we exist. God's word, it's all about the plan and the purpose of God. Amen. There's a fulfillment of a purpose and a plan today that's taking place. Some people are involved in that plan and some people aren't. Amen. And the people that aren't involved in the plan, they live lives of uncertainty. They live lives of chaos and recklessness and they don't understand the 
the purpose of life. Come on. But the people that are involved in the plan and the will of God. Come on. They, they're in Christ. They're operating out of a submission to the word of God. They're living a life of purity, of truth. Come on. Of steadfastness, of stability, understanding of whether I live or whether I die. I'm God's. Come on. Whether whatever happens in this world, I'm God's. And there's nothing that can take that from me because I'm living in the will of the almighty God. Somebody say, man, God is one. How many know God is inseparable from his word? God and his word are one. God and his word cannot be separated from one another. Scripture bears witness that they are one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The written word of God reveals his will and its eternal truth. Even though written uh, by men, it was authored by the Holy Ghost. The attempts to find differences between God's will and his written word are foolish. The word of God is not an intellectual statement, for it is the revelation of God to man through the servants he has chosen. It is God who chooses the times and means by which he reveals his will toward mankind. God who in sun-dry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath quick appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Amen. Understand today that we want to separate God and Jesus. Amen. We want to, we want to bring a separation between the two. Amen. But we have to understand Jesus as the manifestation of God in the earth. Come on. He's the manifestation of God in time. He's the manifestation of salvation for all of mankind. Amen. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. Come on, somebody. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till it all be fulfilled. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, I am not come to abolish or destroy the law. I am the fulfillment of it. Amen. Come on. I am the fulfillment of all that God had spoken in the earth. We have to understand that the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. That it was the plan from the beginning. Amen. God doesn't operate from the beginning to the ending. He's operating. He's declaring the ending from the beginning. Come on. He's at the end, outside of time, declaring the ending from the beginning. There is no chance with God. There's no question with God of how it's going to turn out. When I get a word from God, he's already at the end. He knows how it's going to turn out. That's why I want to go where he wants me me to go and I want to do what he wants me to do because I know that I'm under the covering of the word of God and if I stay under the covering of God's word no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper I can't quote that scripture if I'm not in the center of God's will 
Come on, somebody. Amen. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish it or destroy it. I'm here. I'm the fulfillment of it. Amen. I am the manifestation. The disciple says, Lord, show us the Father. And it sufficeth us. And he said, have you been so long time with us, Philip, that you don't know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Amen. That's why in the book of Colossians it says, He is the express image of His person. Come on. He is the outward, the, the, the outward expression of who God is. Come on. He is the earthly manifestation, the outward manifestation of all that God is. Come on. He is the only begotten Son of God because He was born and He was incarnated in man. He was born as a man, raised as a man, gave His life as a man, but He still fully and completely God fulfilling his purpose in the earth. Somebody say amen. Jesus, the fulfillment of the word. Amen. He's the fulfillment of all that was spoken. Amen. You look up. the Jesus. Right here. Amen. The Word was made flesh. And it dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Now let's get down where the rubber meets the road. God will never change. This is who he is. The question remains, what will we do? He said the word was preached. The gospel was preached. To us, he said, Paul said, and also to them. But it did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we come to God, we have to believe that, that He is. Somebody say, he is. he is. He is the I am. You look, look, look up that word I am, it means He is. Amen. It means I am or He is. It's used in different places. He is. Amen. He said, I am the bread of life. I am that living water. I, I am the light of the world. Come on. I, I am. I am all throughout scripture. I am. Amen. He said before Abraham was, I am. Read it in the book of John. Amen. 
Don't get confused this morning. We have to understand it is the manifestation of God in the earth. God fulfilling His plan for mankind. Amen. And when it came down to it, there was no choice really. He had to subdue His flesh in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amen. And He had to operate as a son in the earth. And He had to live His life according to the plan that He had put in place from the foundation of the world. Amen. Willing to be called a son. God would not do anything that he was not willing to do himself so he robed himself in flesh and he became in the form of man and made himself obedient unto death even the death and the cross to wit God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself make no mistake about it there's no question about the will of God it was written from the foundation of the world and it's already accomplished why did Jesus go to the cross it was an oath read it in the book of Hebrews I believe it's chapter 6 I can't get out of the book of Hebrews I can't I can't get out of it it's, it's got me imprisoned every time I picked up the Bible I try to read something else but I can't can't get out of Hebrews. The Lord wants me to understand something that I'm not clearly understanding. <laughs> You'll get it. Uh, he calls it an oath. And that the law made the son. The law was an oath to mankind. This is what I'm going to do to bring about redemption. It was an oath. It was, it was all the practices that they, they put forth in the law were detailed practices to be fulfilled by Jesus. Amen. You go through, through the law. It's all about him. Amen. It's a representation of him and all that he did on the cross. It was an oath to us. Amen. But he, he, he became the sacrifice and also the high priest. Amen. Where he laid down his life as the spotless lamb of God for the sins of the whole world. And he took his own blood into the holiest of holies. And he sprinkled it on the mercy seat. Making sure that it would never have to happen again. That all the sins of the whole world were defeated by the blood of Jesus in one moment. Come on. When he died on the cross, the sin of mankind died with him. No sin can separate you from God if you have Jesus and his blood covering you from all of your sin. It was the fulfillment of his covenant with us. It was an oath. God made a promise and he fulfilled it. Amen. He made an oath. He said, I swear by myself. Didn't he? He looked for a man to make up the hedge, but he couldn't find any. Dad, he said, I swear by myself. I'm going to swear by myself. I'm going to make this right. And he did. And the, the way has been paved. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, he says it this way. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. It was done. When the plan of God was worked out in the mind of God, it was finished from the foundation of the world. Because God don't fail. 
Amen. So there's no question in God. Amen. He paid the price. He did what he said. Come on. He fulfilled what he said he was going to fulfill. He made the way where he said he was going to make it. He did what he prophesied that he was going to do throughout all the prophets. Come on. Praise the Lord. Ooh, that makes me sound higher. I'm not a baritone anymore. Maybe I should get on the praise team. Brother Smith said stick with preaching. Always count on my brothers. Amen. Amen. Understanding. little bit of an echo use two of them there you go amen <laughs> it's deeper isn't it <laughs> we there's no question about god's love for us he fulfilled it there's no question about his plan that he put into place it's being it was fulfilled and it's being fulfilled amen it will be fulfilled the question is, where do we stand? Come on. What, where, where do I fit in? How does this affect me and my life? Amen. The word of God is being preached. You got to be in Christ. You can't get in the plan of God without being in Christ. Amen. Those who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The Bible tells us that it's through the Spirit that we're baptized into His body. Come on. We have to be baptized into Christ to become a part of the what God is doing in the earth or the body of Christ. God doesn't do anything outside the body of Christ because Christ is the representation of God in the earth. Come on. Am I preaching to anybody he's still the representation of God in the earth he's the bridge the word is being preached the question is is it being mixed with faith because you got to believe who he is you got to believe that he is Some, somebody say amen amen you got to believe that the works were finished you got to believe that, that, that everything that God is is an accomplished will. Come on. He, he, he is, it's an accomplished will. It's in order. It, it's, it's not being left undone. God is accomplishing. He has accomplished it. And he will accomplish it in future generations. Somebody say, man. But where do I stand? Although the works were finished, he said he spake in a certain place. On the seventh day, God rested. And then he said, if they will enter into my rest. Think about that for a minute. Seeing therefore it remaineth, some must enter therein. And they that to whom it was first preached entered not in because they didn't believe it. For he that is entered into his rest has ceased from his own works. 
There's two things at work here. God's will. God's works. That are established. That are finished from the foundation of the world. And they'll stand forever. Amen. They will not fail. They will stand forever. And then there's our works. Amen. What the scripture's saying is that if I haven't laid down my works, then I'm not resting. Come on. If I'm not resting, I'm depending on myself. Amen. I'm depending. And if I'm depending on myself, listen how it's tied together. I'm operating in unbelief. And if I'm operating in unbelief, I can't have the promise of God. Amen. He said, it provoked the Lord to anger because they knew who He was, but they still didn't believe Him. They trusted in themselves. They knew. It, it, it got Him upset because they saw the works Come on, they, they, they crossed the Red Sea. They saw all the things that Moses did in Egypt, all the signs that, that Moses did in Egypt to free them from the Egyptians. They watched it with their own eyes transpire. They watched the armies of the Egyptians, the, the Red Sea part. They walked across on dry ground. If Pharaoh's army tries to follow, he wipes them out. They're dancing on the other side of the Red Sea. They saw it happen. But they still were not able to grasp the plan of God for their life because they were too worried about what they gave up, too worried about what they let go of, too worried about what was happening right around them, not understanding that the God of heaven is above all, He's through all, and He's in all. Come on. He's, he, he's greater than any circumstance or situation. They refused to trust Him. And he considered them in unbelief. Let me tell you why some of us have no peace. Because we want to do it our way. But we want God's result. And we're living in unrest. And we're sitting in the church. Come on, are you listening on live stream? We're supposed to be living in the promise of God. But we're living in turmoil and chaos. Because we don't have enough faith to do it God's way. Come on, we need a revelation this morning that God is bigger than everything. That He's the reason for everything. Come on, that He has power over all things. He, he spoke it from the beginning. He, for he declared it from the foundation of the world. That's why He said, when you pray, pray this way. Thy Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it's already purposed in heaven. I don't pray for my will to be done because my will is not founded it's not accomplished and it wasn't finished from the foundation of the world but if his, his way comes and his way is accomplished it will be founded it will be finished from the foundation of the world and it will accomplish what I need it to accomplish the reason we're not resting is because we trust our own heart 
our own lives, our own ways. That's hard, isn't it? That's why he said, you need to repent. You need to, if, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Man. Re, what is repentance? It's a turning. Yeah. It's a, it's a change of, it's a change of mind and direction. It's a, it's a death to my will. Right? When, when you heard the gospel preached, you felt uh, godly sorrow worketh repentance. And you felt sorrow in your heart about the way that you lived and you, the guilt that you felt and uh, the circumstances that it caused. And, and you were sorry, truly sorry for, for making the mistakes that you made. And so you come to God with a sorrowful heart and you cry and you ask God to forgive you. And you make up in your mind that you're, you're going to turn around, that you're going to do it his way, not your way anymore. And there's a cleansing that takes place. But true repentance is not a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. Amen. It's, you grow in it. Paul said, I die daily. Amen. <laughs> He said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, right? It's a, it's a transition that takes place where I no longer live my life according to what I want to do, but according to what He wants me. Not according to my life, uh, what I desire, but according to His life that's now birthed in me, that's, that's, that, that's leading me and guiding me in a walk with Him in the center of His will. Amen. That's going to take me to the place where I'm going to end up. Amen. Uh, it's not something that just happens in a moment and it's over and there's, the, the, there's nothing else to it. Come on. It's a daily walk with God. Amen. It's a daily giving yourself to him. It's a daily laying down your will and your way to God so that he can bless you and keep you and lead you and guide you. It's a, it's a life lived in submission to the will of God, to the plan of God. I want to tell you this morning, this is where rest is at. That's rest. When we have ceased from our own works. Now some people preach uh, that when you die from this earth that you're ceasing from your works. Um, well, I would say that they're right to some extent. Um, you are ceasing from your works on this earth. Absolutely. But the labor, why would he say labor to enter into that rest. Amen. Work to enter into the rest that God has prepared for you. Amen. Because you can enter into his rest while living on this earth. Come on. You can live a life of peace 
and rest while you're living here. Come on. Uh, And I explained it earlier. Peace and rest doesn't come from outward circumstances. It comes from an inward relationship with God. Amen. Of daily choosing Him and walking with Him. You can be in the middle of a mess and you can be restful. I'm not saying you're not going to have to work for it. Amen. There is a labor where we work for that which God has prepared for us. Amen. We have to strive, he said. Somebody say strive. To enter in at the straight gate. Strive to enter in at the gate where he's going to, you're going to receive eternal life. Amen. Strive and work to, to, to enter in, to do it God's way. Amen. How many know he said, broad is the way, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many be that go in thereat. That's easy. There's no work involved in, in just going with the crowd. There's no, there's no work involved in, in just doing what feels good. There's, there's no work. It's going to cause you a whole lot of heartache, and there's a lot of destruction that's going to come to your life, but there's no work involved. You just do what you feel, whatever your mind wants to do, whatever your eyes want to look at, whatever your heart's desire, you just go ahead and do that, and you're going to make your way down a path that'll lead you to destruction. But if you want to enter in at the straight gate, you're going to have to work for it. Come on. You're going to have to strive to get there because your carnal nature is enmity against God. And there's going to have to be something on the inside of you that wants what God wants and not what you want. Come on. I want the will of God in my life. I want peace for my family. I want protection. And when it all turns out, I want eternal life. And the only way I'm going to get there is I got to labor for rest in this life. I got to seek for my own works and take on the works of almighty God. Stand with me all around the building. Did I over-preach you this morning? I feel like I did. There's a hiding place. There's, there's a hiding place. In there, Sister Debbie. There's a place in God... Where you can hide. That, that you, you get in him. He covers you. And he shields you from all the enemies that are trying to defeat you and destroy you. Where is that place? It's in the cleft of the rock. It's in the word of God. It's in God's word. The only way we're going to make it, church, I want you to hear me. We got to be blameless. How do you, how do you determine who's to blame? Whenever they, whenever they have a trial for somebody that's taken by a fault. And they try to determine whether or not they committed the act that they're accused of. Whether they're to blame or not to blame. If you're not to blame, you're what? You're blameless. If you are to blame, 
you're guilty. You ever have something get broken in the house? And you pull them all out in front of you, Mom? You say, who did it? Looking at everybody else. I don't know who did that. Whenever something happened in our house, they say, where's Josh? Didn't you? But 85% of the time, I was guilty. One time they said, where's Josh? And I wasn't even there. It's like, man. Can't catch a break. When you're guilty of doing what they said, you're to blame. And you're going to be held accountable. Right? Understand living for God. We can be blameless. Okay? Where we submit to His way. When you submit to somebody else's way... They now take responsibility for you. The greatness of God is he went before me, showed the way. Right? Will cover me in the way. All I got to do is submit to his way. And when I do it his way, he ensures me. I'm going to be blameless regardless the moment I make the decision, I make the turn and I give my life to him. It's no longer my life. When I stand before the Lord, am I blameless or am I to blame, right? Is, is the, is G, am I in Christ? Am I living the, my life according to the way he wants me to live or am I doing it my own way? And I, I want to tell you, all, it, it goes down and it says at the bottom of that passage of scriptures, all things are open and naked to the eyes of the God with whom we have to do. Amen. I'm not going to be able to blame it on my little brother. Because God sees it. I'm not going to be able to blame it on my mom and dad. Because I know enough. That I'm responsible for me. If we want to continue down the path that we're walking and, and we want to continue to do it our way, that's fine. You, you have the right to choose that. You do. You have the right. God gave you the right to choose that. But you're going to be responsible for it. I don't know about anybody else in the building. But I want to rest in the Lord. Hey man, I want to rest in God. I want to know for a surety that I'm in the center of His will. And I'm going to labor to cease from my works and pick up His works. If you want to see what the works of God are and what the works of us is, go to the book of Galatians.
and it'll point it out to you pretty clearly. The works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit of God. How many is going to labor to enter into rest? Amen. I want to enter in. I've talked with a lot of people over the years as, as being pastor of this church and people that come in and their, their lives are wrecked, chaos in their world, and they, they're wondering if they're going to go to jail or not, and wondering if they're going to get caught for this crime that they haven't found out about yet, and this thing that they've done and that thing, and there's so much piled on you. And when there's a lot piled on you like that, it's hard to have rest. Think about it. It's hard to have sleep, to even sleep without medication. It's probably impossible. Looking over your shoulder. Wondering if they're going to find out or not find out. The reason some of us aren't resting is that very reason right there. There's a lot piled up. There's a lot of our own works. There's a lot of things we've said. A lot of things we've done that we haven't turned away from. And they're piled up on us and it's heavy. And we feel like, well, why can't I rest? Why can't, why can't I get free from this? Why can't I sleep at night? Why, why am I feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm depressed all the time and I feel, I feel guilty on the inside all the time? That's why. But you can find it this morning in repentance. God never turns a broken spirit away. When we come to the Lord... And we lay down on our face and we begin to repent from our actions and, and asking for forgiveness and saying, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn away from it. He will forgive you. He'll, he, he'll apply what's necessary in that moment. Amen. The blood of Jesus can forgive all sins. And when you get up from that altar, remember, I'm different. I'm going to walk different. I'm going to live different. Amen. I'm in, the, I'm under, I'm in Christ. I'm, I'm under his protection. I'm, I, I'm doing it the way he wants me to do it. And I'm going to seek to enter in completely into his rest. Come on. Every area of my life, I want to enter into his rest. Is there anybody this morning? Why don't we just lift our hands up to the Lord? Come on. If God's pulling on you, there's a, I just want to get it right. If you want to get it right, come on. Come on down here and pray. If you, if you, if you want to get it right with God, Lord, I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired. I'm tired of the fight. I'm tired of doing it my way. I'm tired of the consequences of disobedience. I'm tired of it. Come on. I set my heart to do it your way, God. I want to live a, a pure life. I want to I want to live a blessed life. I want to live a happy life, God. I want to live a life free, Lord, from, from chaos and depression and, and turmoil and oppression in my world. God, every spirit of darkness, Lord, I want to be freed from. Come on, somebody. Do you want to come and pray this morning? Come on, Christians. Come on, you might, you, you might have been in the church for 10 years, but we're, we're laboring to enter into that rest. Have you been trying to do it your own way? 
Come on, I know there's times I try to do it my way. And it brings turmoil. It brings chaos. It brings unrest. Amen. But if we submit to the will and the ways of the Lord, and we walk in, He'll give us peace. He'll give us joy. He'll give us love. Come on, there's rest for us this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to enter in, God. I want to hide, Lord, in the cleft of the rock. Lord, I want to see you face to face, God. I want to spend time, Lord, in that secret place with you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, you can say that you know him. But if you're not walking in his ways. Come on. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.